Welcome to Connect, the weekly podcast for the California MBA featuring one-on-one -on -one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. I'm Susan Malazzo, CEO of the California MBA, and I'm very happy that you could join us today. Before I get to today's guests, I'd like to thank our 2023 President's Council sponsors. Now, these are companies that provide a tremendous amount of financial support for the California MBA, in large part to help support our advocacy efforts on behalf of the industry. We represent the real estate finance industry before the California State Legislature and all our regulators. So I'm very grateful for the support that we get from our President's Council sponsors to help us remain a strong voice for this industry. This year's President's Council sponsors are Amerihome, ArchMI, Consolidated Analytics, Funding Shield, Guild Mortgage, Incelerate, Rocket Mortgage, and Western Alliance Bank. Thank you all so much for your support in 2023. Uh, and with that, I'd like to welcome today's guest. It's a very special episode of, of Connect because Raymond and I have been friends for a long time. I welcome Raymond Schneitzel, partner at Garris Horn. Raymond, welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, it has been a, a few years, I suppose. And I guess we have a lot of common scars together in these years. So uh, I'm glad to be here and appreciate the opportunity to, to chat with everybody. That is true. I was thinking as I was preparing for today's podcast that as I have known you and Carmela for so many years, um, I don't know that I've ever heard kind of your story about coming into the mortgage industry. And of course, that's how I like to start the podcast. So tell us how you came to be a legal representation and compliance expert in the uh, real estate finance industry. Thank you. Um, well, a little bit interesting. I, I think it's a little bit unconventional a path that I took. I started this business back in 1989. Just to be clear, that's before we had computers and we had real paper and paper files, as it were. Uh, and I was a loan officer back then. I, that's how I started. Um, I had a degree in real estate finance. I thought, you know, it'd be good to be in the mortgage industry, start as a loan officer. So I did. Uh, I evolved into customer service. And in fact, at the same time, I was in law school. So, uh, so while I was in the business, I did everything I could while studying law to understand how the business works, particularly in customer service. I got to see everything because I put out a lot of fires, uh, how processing worked, how underwriting worked, uh, funding, of course, how sales work and, and putting it all together, how you manufacture a loan, of course, and what can go wrong if you don't do it right. So I had the pleasure of, of really doing a lot of things, training operations managers. I, I evolved into internal audit of all things uh, in the mortgage space. Uh, and ultimately, um, which was strange, my goal was to be a compliance officer or a compliance attorney um, while I was doing all of this. In other words, uh, I eventually, of course, became an attorney uh, and doing this, but I, 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 I submit I'm a mortgage banker who uh, is also a lawyer. Um, I, I really am part of this industry and I'm trying to lend my skill set as, as an attorney into something that I've near and dear to my heart um, and I've been doing for 30, oh my Lord, 34 years. Wow. Wow. That's long. So I, I think that is a unique perspective. Um, I, uh, I know, so you've been a loan officer, you have been an underwriter, an internal auditor. Um, how do you feel like, how do you feel that background has benefited your legal career? Cause you have that unique perspective. Uh, I think it's a good question. I, I think, uh, 
what I appreciate, and, and, I, and I deal with my clients, I, I appreciate the nature of the mortgage banking business overall and the challenges it has. So um, it's one thing to say, look, I can look up the regulation or give you a legal answer or maybe give you some guidance on litigation you're dealing with. But it's another one to say, but I, I empathize with, with what your concerns are, your overall issues you have and how to implement what I'm telling you. Uh, so I have a deep understanding and, and, and actually uh, probably empathy in, in how to deal with it, anything from the loan level to uh, loan sales, anything you have to do. But I understand from the business perspective what the company has to do. So I kind of insert myself a little bit more than just giving a legal answer, saying, here's the legal answer. My expectation is you're in, in your timeline, in your process, this is going to be a certain kind of a break issue because your processes won't catch it. We should probably design your policy and process to do this. And that's probably the best way because I've been there and I understand it. And I, it's not just about the law and the regulations. It's how I can make my clients uh, help run their business better with what I, what knowledge I can bring because they bring a lot of knowledge. They're smart people. Uh, I just bring lend what I can, but I try to insert myself into their process and, and give them more of a complete answer. So th that's been my thing. I really truly love the, the mortgage business and by the way get to apply my legal that was my whole point yeah i think that uh you know in trying to you know write policies and procedures for compliance i think your perspective of well if i had to do this i you know i need to write it and so that it can actually be done i think that's a that's a unique perspective um yes. so we've talked about you know you've had a long successful career in this industry you've seen a lot of cycles in all in all those years certainly for different varying reasons what can you share with our listeners are top priorities for state and federal regulators right now? Yeah, well, I think what I sense, particularly the state regulators, um, when we had the heyday in, in, in 2020 and 2021, everybody's getting licenses. Everyone is, is paying for these licenses and paying into the fund, um, meaning the states now, their coffers, in my opinion, are probably well-funded from that. And now they're applying into state examinations, doing other things. So. Um, what I what I see is is despite the fact the business is off, I think that overall we're still going to get a lot of attention, maybe more attention than we would have expected now from state regulators uh, because they're they're putting in their audits. They now have the resources. I've now seen requests for uh, on-site audits uh, because because of COVID they they stalled that, but they're coming. They're requesting back to on-site audits. It's not a problem. I I don't have a problem with the state examinations. In fact. For me, state examinations is one of the favorite things I do in, in what I do as a lawyer, uh, dealing with state examinations. But um, but I think that we're going to see some of them are going to start to come with more scrutiny uh, because they can. And this is at a time where in many in, in many cases, um, I've seen my clients have backed off on the resources. So we still have to provide the information. So the, so the short answer is, from a state perspective, I think they're going to do what they're going to usually do. Um, I, I do believe they're going to focus more. They have the ability to focus more because they have resources on the things they wanted to do at the same time where we are kind of backing off in our resources to support that. So my point is, I think we just need to be aware that the, that the states are going to come back and, and continue to do examinations, can continue to split hairs on things and be prepared for that. Uh, so th that's, that's a key thing, I think. On the federal side, um, I submit, particularly in, in our case, not exclusively if you're a bank, but predominantly the CFB is going to be a regulator of, of, of necessity or choice that we deal with. Um, and, you know, they're going to continue to come out with proclamations that affect our business because they can. I think they are, um, uh, be careful to say they're on a mission, but they continue to focus on consumer protection. They, they recently came out with something on, on loan, the loan comp rule and whether you can broker, you know, have a loan officer who brokers versus uh, who works for a lender, they're the same one, can they be paid differently? They're, in other words, they, they continue to, to 
peek into our business uh, and make adjustments at a time, particularly where we want to be flexible in the business. We want to change it up from where it was because we're trying different things. Many mortgage bankers are trying different things. Uh, and we got to make sure that which they are doing is still compliant with the law. So I appreciate where mortgage bankers are becoming innovative in what they're doing, particularly in the front end. But I think the CFPB is going to remind us that don't be too innovative. Uh, because you still have rules to, to, to maintain. So I think that's what we're going to see. Watch for the state examination on the state side. They'll do many other things. But um, but I think that's the key one. And on the federal side, they're going to continue to to look at what we're doing. And I, and I think the key effect is going to be in a time of innovation, um, you, you know, we're coming down with old rules that we have to deal with. And that's, that seems to be the trend. So again, just be aware of those uh, and don't get frustrated. I think the industry shouldn't be frustrated by it. It's just, it's what they do. Um, and if, if you don't have the resources, please focus some resources that you can on to get those done. And that kind of leads me to my next uh, question, which is, um, you know, 2023 has been a challenging market. Have you seen more lenders look to consultants com to, to support their compliance teams to stay ahead of the ever-changing laws in the states and at the federal level? Uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, well, I know I have. Um, one part, pr pretty much, I think the challenge is they, they don't have the resources they had before. But as I mentioned, state examinations and uh, let's say MCRs for your mortgage call reports, those still keep coming. Someone has to do them and do them accurately. So um, I, 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 from my experience, I recognize that compliance is often, I wouldn't say one of the first to get cut, that there's a general respect for compliance by mortgage bankers. But when you have to look at re resources, that's where they start reducing the resources uh, relatively quickly in the downturn. Uh, but it doesn't change the fact, as I indicated, the states are still coming and, and federal still has their issues. So you still have to maintain it. So the answer is yes. What I found out is you know, by project by project or issue by issue, they can contract with, with, uh, uh, with different vendors and, or law firms uh, to solve the problem, but it's not an ongoing cost that they have to worry about. So it's, it's, uh, the resources are there. I think it's a smart way for them to, to do it because these issues don't go away. We all know that we're, we're all gonna come out of this um, it's a little bit downturn. We're all going to come out of this, but we want our, our, our mortgage bankers to be healthy and their past, the, the current, what they do currently will affect, if they don't do it right, can affect the future. So we want to get that right and keep it clean. And, and so there's a commitment there. So yes, I've seen that. And uh, particularly the experienced ones, I've seen them do that. They just come out and say, can you help us with this project be done? Yes, we can do that. So yes, I've seen right. that. Right. Yeah. Just help augment uh, augment the compliance team. Correct. Uh, so my next question, I'm, I'm going to veer away from the mortgage industry a little bit and uh, exploit our, our friendship because I know I know a few things about you, Raymond. Um, <laughs> uh oh, uh oh, here it comes. A topic outside of the mortgage industry, which is camping. You uh, and I share a love of camping, and uh, I'd like to hear where your favorite camp spot is. Well, oh, oh that's, that's a great question. Uh, just for the record, and as I would assume people can see, I'm currently in my RV. Um, I've been traveling with three months with my lovely wife. Um, uh, and in fact, what we did, we spent probably two months in Iowa because I'm based in Southern California, but we were in Iowa because we have kids there. Uh, and so it really allows us to move around and, and, and um, see family, see things and still be able to, to work, which is what we love to do. So we work in our trailer. So oddly enough, you say camping. We, so we've been on the road three months. That's 90 days. I think we had nine campfires. You know, the rest have to do with we're working, we go out and have dinner with families. But the but the ability to to be mobile and see different things. I'll be okay. I'll tell you right now. I would. It was great to see Mount Rushmore. Crazy Horse was great, by the way. Probably better than Mount Rushmore, in my opinion, South Dakota. But we happened to be there on Sturgis Week. 
So that's when all the motors, you, you know, there you go. In fact, I would see you doing that sometime. I know you too, Susan. I can see someday saying, hey, let's get a Harley and let's go. That was an insane, we'd drop by for a few hours. It was so cool to be there. Our point is, it was nice to get out and see things that we otherwise, if we're strapped to a desk, we cannot. Uh, so I appreciate the fact that I could work remote, but that's why it is, it's, it's because you wanna see things before you later say, I wish I would have seen them. So that's why I like the camping and move around. You're the same way. It's like, you wanna yeah. see things, experience things that you otherwise couldn't do. So, um, love it. so we're, we're, yeah, we, we do love that. We actually truly do. That's wonderful. And I've enjoyed the pictures you kind of sent along the way and, and uh, what, a, what a great way to spend your summer. Good for you. And, and to be, answer your question, favorite campsite, I couldn't tell you. I, I will tell you the Midwest, all the state ones are very nice. Uh, yesterday we were in the Sierras and except for the fact that my trailer almost rolled over, um, it, you know, we were fine. Yeah, don't ask. Um, <laughs> stupid me. It, it was fine. It was fine. We, we, we solved it. My wife was great. But um, anyway, yeah, but Sierras were beautiful. So anyway, look at it. There's a lot of good things. Uh, yeah, a lot of good things to see there. It's a beautiful country and it's nice to see it from the camping perspective, but absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm going to kind of wrap up with um, first an acknowledgement of you, Raymond, you uh, in the 19 years I have been here, you have been so instrumental in so many things from a legislative perspective, regulatory perspective. Um, if there's been big issues that I need you know, legal expertise and your input, you've always been extremely gracious with your expertise and uh, your time and your knowledge. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that um, for over, over many, many, many years. But can you share with our listeners why you choose to support the California MBA? Okay, there's a number of reasons, but I'll start with, as I often say, it's, it's if you ever remember the old lottery, uh, the, the old lottery commercial, you, you can't win if you don't play. Uh, and I submit with the CMBA, um, particularly on the legislative side, always being aware and always supporting the members so much. And it's not a commercial for CMBA, truly, this is what I believe, that they, they support the members so much on the legislative and, and regulatory side um, that when things come up, the CMBA is there on the front to help, um, I don't want to say fight the issues, but enlighten our legislators on, and regulators about how things might work on our side of the industry. I think it's very important. CMB has been extremely successful in doing that. I'm, I'm thankful and honored that I had opportunity to be part of that. But I think that's part of it. You, you can't expect change or, you know, in the law or, or regulations that make sense if you don't participate in a trade group that does that. So, so for me, um, it was been huge for CMBA uh, that they are on the cutting edge of doing that for our industry. Additionally, as an association, they do so much for the, the growth of, of, uh, of, of our industry, the future leader commitment, et cetera. There's so many things that it does um, that uh, is building our industry and it's gonna change. The, the, you know, you're talking about different generation and technologies when I started uh, and being there in the front end. So CNB is very good at that. And I, uh, I greatly appreciate what they do for that as well. Because as I said, I'm a mortgage banker. This really matters to me. When I'm done, I would love that the mortgage banking industry continues and, and, and does great things. And, and you can't do it if you don't have a good trade association like CMBA to support your efforts, truly. Well, I appreciate that, Raymond. And thank you for everything that you do to help us be yeah. successful. It's appreciated. Uh, and thanks to all of you for joining us today on Connect. Uh, to access any of our past episodes, you can follow us on our YouTube channel. We're also available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. That's it for this week on Connect, and we'll see you next time. Here we go.